Hi guys, welcome to Elephant Out the Room featuring your host Alex Lewis and we've got a special guest of... Hi, I'm Katie Neal. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got Katie on today, um, it took a bit of time, yeah. was down to my areas as well. No, um, it's difficult. It's just difficult to get a time to record, isn't it? Honestly, sometimes? literally, within a busy like uni schedule and everything, it's yeah. so hard. But we've got you on to speak about your particular podcast that mm-hmm. you've got yeah. called Psyched. Yeah. And so I just wanted to, because I've listened to a few episodes, um, particularly the early ones, and I just kind of wanted to ask you questions about how that originated cool, yeah. and what gave you the interest to start with. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, when did uh, when did you first start the podcast? I believe it was like April 2021 so like almost a year ago um the idea kind of came from so I started off doing student radio at uni and I had a show called Mood Booster which kind of talked about like had like um positive music and trying to use it like to help your mental health as like a mood regulation sort of thing um and then one of my friends from home who goes to another uni um Mahin she said she'd also had the idea for her for a similar radio show at her uni I was like oh mad that's like the same thing of what I do um and I was helping her because she was about like a term behind us and I just kind of was like oh this is the sort of thing we do and um and then I said to her though we don't actually have a lot of time to talk we tend to just kind of focus on the music and just like talk in between songs but there's not a lot of time so we never really go into too much detail about like mental health or psychology which I aim to do so I was like oh I wish I talked a bit more and then she was like, okay, I'll bear that in mind. But then we just kind of thought, like, oh, we could do a whole, like, talking segment. And who said it had to be live? So then we just kind mm. of, I don't know who said it. I don't know if it was her or me. Like, well, why don't we do do our separate radio shows at our uni um, and then just kind of come together and have the, the chatty element um, that's maybe a bit more serious on, on podcasts. So, yeah. Nice. So with Mood Booster, mm-hmm. uh, was that basically designed to pick certain specific songs mm-hmm. and then play them on the radio and they might... And, uh, what's a good word to describe this they might give someone a certain feeling about the idea yeah yeah basically exactly that i think the idea was kind of how like you've done a music psychology episode haven't you so um i'm fascinated by it because it's always green and everything and uh, and we've learned so much about how we can be used to like regulate mood either to change your mood and put you in a, a better mood or even sad sad music to make you like have a release or whatever but also to kind of distract you from whatever's stressing you out and kind of just take your mind away from your daily worries so the kind of idea was to have an hour of radio where it was pure positivity not as a way to kind of like say that negative things don't happen of course they do but kind of just if people are working and they're stressed or whatever just to have something that focuses on everything but um was just kind of the aim so our conversation we always tried to make sure it was like funny and entertaining <laughs> and we always listen to the l- lyrics of the music to make sure that even if it sounds upbeat and actually the, the lyrics could be quite sad like we, we <laughs> yeah. really try to think about it and make sure that everything's there but um because you what yeah. kind of uh how did an episode look like was it just completely different genres uh or was it yeah sometimes like sometimes we have um we try to keep a variety. There's three of us, so it's me and um, two of my housemates. And obviously, we'll have we're all music students. But we all have slightly different um, different styles of music, I guess. Um, and so, but then we'd also take requests from like our family and friends as well. So we do two songs each, and then we get two requests each. So because of that, if you're asking like I don't know your mum and dad or your friends, you're going to have two completely different probably uh, genres because people really tend to choose songs that are like. Um, 
remind them of their adolescence that tends to come up so much so whilst it might be current tracks for us kind of now um our parents were still going to choose something maybe from the 70s or the 80s so with that we've kind of got a mix of genres just because people tend to always choose a happy memory from that time of their life it just tends to be more often than not so that's so yeah, true it's yeah mad, it's yeah. when when we did i did a few psychology episodes and i spoke mm-hmm. about and i think i learned it in one of the modules mm-hmm. the idea that when, particularly when you're young mm-hmm. and you have a song that impacts you yeah it just brings back when you hear it again um an example would be the power of love frankie yeah. goes to hollywood oh yeah apparently i listened to that a lot when i was five or six oh, with wow. my mum. and so when i've heard it since it does bring back a sort of um, a positive emotion mm-hmm. yeah, um, of course. so i think it's good to look back on your childhood and mm-hmm. see and that's why we might people really like disney music maybe because we've yeah. grown up with that that, that could be a that's link. actually a really good point actually yeah then i think a lot of people have that association with film music i know you're really interested in film music because it brings almost either both the emotions of maybe you were feeling when you were watching that film but also the emotions of whatever it's trying to portray and i think we've had um we, we play stuff from musicals as well because that tends to be uh, we're big musical theatre fans ourselves we don't want it to be all about that but we have done an episode before which was all dedicated to that because like the emotions behind that are so strong when they're telling such a story um, and they tend to remind us yeah like of our childhood as well um, we've done a few throwback ones as well um, episodes where it's just been purely just songs from when we were like 8, 9, 10 mm. because you've just got happy memories of just being kind of stress free and yeah. yeah definitely so looking back difficult question but is there one song that really stands out that just seems everyone seems to agree wow that's a really positive feel good song oh my gosh there's so many i feel like one song we had on once we had we had one episode which was like we were saying every song reminded us of like primary school discos so we had like um like reach for the stars like s club seven we had like black eyed peas we had um stuff like that and i feel like that link kind of I, I don't think i could choose a specific song if mm. i'm honest but anything we had that theme that kind of encompassed a load of different songs um and it just kind of reminded you of yeah i don't know i don't know i i, I love so many different songs and that's such a cliche thing for a music um tune to say but put one is literally <laughs> it's impossible. hard it was a quite mean question oh, no it's right you put me on the spot there no i'm joking um uh, yeah it's I have a happy playlist on mm. um, Spotify that I listen to a lot. And I think some of the ones that spring to my mind is, for example, Lizzo Juice. Oh, 100%. Yeah. For oh, some yeah. reason, that, that song, I don't have much of a connection with it, but there's just something about oh, it. Oh, yeah. There's yeah. an energy behind it. That's the thing. Because, yeah, sometimes we're never sure with Mubisa whether how much to do songs that personally relate to us because sometimes they can be really happy memories but for other people it's a bit like oh it's not my favorite and then they might tune off but then there are other songs that are just objectively happy you, there's no like like that and that you can't you can't deny can't be sad at that song, yeah you yeah. literally can't <laughs> so sometimes we try to have a mix of of like songs that might not have any emotional connection to us um but are like very happy but then also ones that remind us of like positive anecdotes in our life or whatever um so yeah it's just using music as a powerful tool really definitely is this uh, mood booster still going on as well hopefully um i've just sent my new application in um which didn't go through yesterday um (laughs) i had to redo it um good thing i double checked but yeah hopefully that's the aim um it's really good fun just to kind of and just to kind of when at the beginning of the week it's so exciting to think right i've got the show later on this week what songs am i going to pull out this time and just kind of 
Yeah, because you can go about your day and think, oh, that's going... But yeah. you can come across a new song, that's going in there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We have a playlist and we'll just be like, oh my God, that's that'll be a good one. Or, yeah, or watching a film or something and it's like a happy scene in a film. You're like, oh my God, that'd be perfect. So, yeah, yeah, definitely. So before we, um, before we go into the uh, other podcasts mm-hmm. or the, the podcasts that you do, how important do you think music is in influencing or changing your mood so important personally like you said with your happy playlist i have the same i kind of have different mood like playlists that are kind of more like specific so i have like a happy one when i'm already happy a happy one when i'm not in the best mood i'm trying to like shake myself into it <laughs> i have a sad one for when i'm just kind of let because they do say that like there's a lot of research into like sad music actually being really cathartic and being like if you listen to it um even though people think well why would you make yourself feel worse if you kind of have it released and you're not repressing it, it actually makes you feel better in the end so i've got a sad playlist as well i've got what kind of, what kind of songs are on there do you, do you oh, know always like, like johnny cash hurt and that's a good one like it's not on there mm. there's a lot of adele there's a lot oh, of okay. adele yeah. um i don't know like broken heart love songs and... yeah 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 <laughs> sloppy sad songs yeah um yeah that sort of that sort of thing um but yeah i think it's so important i think I think it could completely change your outlook on the day. If you wake up and kind of go, right, I'm going to shake myself out of a funk or whatever, it can have such an influence, I think. Yeah, that's yeah. so true. I think that I I forget sometimes, it's annoying, I almost forget sometimes how important it is. And if I'm just mm. a bit stressed with work or, and again, I think there's different mm. music for different times. Um, if I wanted to have more of a relaxed feel, I'd probably put on something classical, something yeah. very piano based. Um, but this still brings out a positive emotion. But then if yeah. I wanted to, I don't know, just get myself started for the day, it might mm-hmm. be something where you can sing along to it, like Frank Sinatra, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, like Nat King Cole, just something. Yeah, so yeah, there's, yeah. there's different, as much as music makes an impact, there's different ways, as you said, there's different ways you can make an impact as mm-hmm. well. Oh, interesting. I bought a book over uh, Christmas, actually. I went to Waterstones and... I haven't read it yet because I feel like it's one of those books that you don't read cover to cover. You re- you kind of go back to it when you need it. And it was called Symphonies for the Soul. And it, the idea is that it's like, um, it, they called it like a prescription. So like in within the book, um, it's like loads of different types of negative emotions, which at first you might think, well, why would you want that? But actually it's like, if you're feeling this emotion, go to A for anxiety. And then it will give you three or four pieces of classical music, the story behind them, why they make you feel the way they do. And then they say, like, go and listen to it. And it, I just thought it was the coolest idea. So I haven't I haven't used it yet in that respect. I haven't prescribed myself. But <laughs> my my brother and my dad didn't really understand it because they thought, well, why would you why would you want a neg- to evoke a negative emotion? I said, no, it's doing the complete opposite. It's saying you're feeling that emotion. How can I either let myself feel it and kind of like you know go through the motions of it or do you do it to kind of shake yourself out of it they didn't quite they i don't think they, they quite clicked with them but for me i thought it was a such an interesting book purely classical music purely okay. um no pop or anything but yeah i thought it was i thought it was a cool book because classical can really evoke fairly negative emotion not yeah. again not negative but just really very emotional reactions yeah intense yeah yes yeah. exactly and mm-hmm. i can think of I mean, you can particularly relate this to film. When you think of a, a, a sad scene in a film, mm-hmm. um, uh, I mean, Seventh Private Ryan is an example of it's mainly orchestral, and it, mm-hmm. but it matches the tone of the yeah. the harshness of war, for example. Um, but there's yeah, there's plenty and um, Married Life and Up, like oh yeah, just fantastic yeah. piece of music. 
but every time I actually listen to it outside of the film, mm. it reminds me of the film and it can... Yeah. yeah, yeah, the association between the two, definitely. I think another one that reminds me of Married Life... I've actually never seen it up. I don't know why. <gasps> I know. Dun, dun, dun. I was so bad. I can't believe... I don't know why. I don't have an excuse. Um, but also, um, the tune... Have you seen Inside Out, the Pixar film? Yes. That's one of my favourite Disney films ever. Is it called Bundle of Joy? Yeah, that yeah. that little piano motif. Every time she's feeling happy and mm. they play it, I think that's so clever. And I think it's such a great way of teaching children about emotions as a film and then using the music as like light motifs with each like emotion slash character i think is so clever um i should listen to that soundtrack more if i'm honest like outside of just watching the film but mm. i think that similar disney vibe yeah, yeah. no definitely. they always get it right yeah disney i don't Pixar. know how they do it every every time I didn't. I didn't particularly like Inside Out, but I like. I really like your point about how maybe it's not. That felt like a childish film, but I think in a way mm-hmm. it was because it was teaching children a lot, wasn't it? And match that with the music as well. I think it was. I think it would also give a lot of lessons to adults as well that maybe don't like. Not necessarily just children. I think. I think that's what I find interesting about it. It kind of yes, their aim is probably mainly children, but actually, if you look at it, it kind of really normalizes having having emotions and not always being like in one mood um can't always be happy yeah exactly you can't always be happy and how it links to different like memories in your life and how like she's got little colored balls of memories in her head and they're all and if she thinks of it in when she's in a certain mood it can actually change the mood of the memory and i just think it's so clever and so interesting and um it does it in a funny way and sometimes, but also in quite a deep way. Like, it always makes you cry. Mm. I think it's so clever. Um, I will rewatch yeah. that because I've got an unpopular opinion. Like yeah. everyone I speak to is really enjoying no, it. So. No, that's mm. that's fair. I mean, that I, I I'm queen of unpopular opinions as well. <laughs> in some films. I never always get it, and I haven't seen Up, so I need to do that. Yeah, no, I'll definitely. Yeah. If you haven't got any plans, go to yeah, watch I really want to watch Encanto. That's the new mm. one that's just come out, but mm. everyone keeps raving about it. But my housemates watched it the night before I came back, and I was oh, like, oh no. I wanted to watch that. Just ask them to rewatch it yeah. again. Pretend like they've never seen they it. They enjoyed it, so they probably mm. will. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, no. And what is the link, do you think, between... Because you mentioned musicals. Mm-hmm. And so I think we've spoken about La La Land before. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't particularly know many musicals, but mm-hmm. there seems to be a great link that when you listen to uh, songs from musicals, particularly ones you've just seen at the theatre, for yeah. example, um, in, in London, um, they can really bring back and an emotion of being there yeah and yeah. Even, it ultimately invoke an even more powerful reaction because you've you've seen it live with the live orchestra coming at you mm, yeah and ev- everything going on the stage you're just like so much memory, going on yeah, yeah yeah no definitely um yeah i feel like a lot of one of my favorite th- if you i wish it was more accessible and much cheaper to be able to go see a musical whenever <laughs> it's true because yeah. um i would go every single day if i could there's something about it that i could be in the worst mood ever and you could literally put me in an audience or even just watching one on tv like i just think i think i think there's something powerful about it yes of course being in the theater you've got everything going on but even just with a film musical i think the key to a good like like set of lyrics is that it's almost like poetry and especially with musical theater because they're writing it as a piece of theater as well as a piece of music the lyrics are thought about so much but then also you've got the element of it telling the story through the music itself through the underlying so you've you've got just pure skill like in every element of it um that i just think you can't help but just be happy appreciating the art as well as the story that's going on like yeah i'm i'm obsessed with musicals i'm i i yeah i 
I don't even know what to say. I just love <laughs> You're just them, so yeah. obsessed. Yeah, just so obsessed. That's yeah. a fantastic point. And again, because I, I do want to get into to musicals mm. more. Um, my favourite is By a Mile, La La Land. I think it's yeah. incredible. Um, where would you direct me to or just someone to to start with musicals it really depends like on what sort of thing as well because that you do obviously have the heavier musicals that aren't that aren't happy but they're so amazing you've got like Les Mis and Miss Saigon which are which are the same composers um which not a lot of people know so there are a lot of similarities with those and you wouldn't watch that to put yourself in a happy mood but there's still something about after watching it you feel so like inspired that that is a piece of artwork that you've just sat for three hours and watched so there's those powerful ones like that but then you've also it's not ev- everyone's favourite, but something like I remember going to see Legally Blonde in first year when uni did it, and I, I was finding first year really hard. But I was something about like it was it's one of my favourite films anyway. It's such a cheesy one, but <laughs> being made into a musical, it was so uplifting and like it just kind of put any any worry away, and you were completely like absorbed into watching that. Um, Hairspray is another one of those classic musicals, it? yeah. yeah. Um, and do you uh, outside of then watching the musicals, what musical soundtrack do you listen to most? My two, three all-time favourite musicals are um, The Last Five Years, which is not very well do- not very well known. It's kind of a bit more niche, and I've listened to that soundtrack so much. That's I think you'd really appreciate that as like a piece of film music as well, because mm. um, I was originally, when I first went to uni, I said I was going to write my diss on that, music, on that musical, because it's so... The music itself is so clever... Um, that's sad though it's not particularly uplifting it's sad but it's incredible In the Heights which is a Lin-Manuel Miranda one I personally unpopular opinion hate Hamilton I think it's I think it's rubbish mm. I don't recommend it it's <laughs> clever seen it. it's clever but it, you need a history degree to understand it in my opinion and I just don't understand it but, did you um, watch on Disney when everyone yeah, yeah I just it, it didn't it didn't click with me, but I really appreciated that Lin-Manuel Miranda's music because the one he wrote first was In the Heights, and that is incredible. And you can still hear his style, but that makes me feel so happy. Like, something about the end. It's, that hasn't got much of a plot, if I'm honest. Like, the sad ones tend to have, like, a proper plot, but they're really sad. But that hasn't really got much of a plot, but it's just something about, like, bringing families together, communities together. It's just so amazing. And then Waitress is... The first act is hilarious. It's a proper comedy, and then the second act is so sad. Um, so, but also uplifting at the same way. It's not sad in like a depressing way. It has a really happy ending, but like the emotions come in in the second act. So you feel every emotion under the sun with that one. So those three are always in my Spotify Wrapped nice. every single time. So that's they're, good. They're you can just sit there and yeah, and listen to it and be immersed. Yeah, in it. yeah, quite completely. Good. Yeah. I was lucky enough to see Back to the Future, the musical. Oh, well, I've, I've really... I've heard loads of people going to it, but I've not heard anything about it. How okay. was it? Incredible. Really? I, when I walked out... I know, you know, <laughs> when you see something, you do walk out and your reaction is so strong yeah. when you've just seen it. Um, so upon reflection, I'm not too sure. Yeah. But I said, as I walked out, it's the best thing I've ever seen in the wow. theatre. Yeah, wow. I, was, I was honestly blown away because they've got... It was a really good story. The characters, yeah. obviously you knew them, but they took on a new... The actors didn't just copy the film. Mm-hmm. They created a new character for themselves and then there was special effects with a flying car. Oh. Well, it's all right. I know there's a flying car involved in there somewhere, don't worry. Sorry, no, I can spo- imagine. <laughs> I can imagine that's incredible. Yeah, it w- I'd highly recommend it. Oh, and oh, it's I'll not too... It. It's normal theatre prices. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's not like, yeah, one of the big ones like Les Mis or something where they're... No. Or Hamilton's me- mega expensive. Yeah. Yeah, I'll look into that because I've heard a few people like going to see it, but like on social media and stuff, but I didn't, I didn't actually hear any reviews, so I didn't know how it was. Mm. Another one, another one that's amazing, completely different, is Phantom of the Opera, which originally I always thought, because I'm not a massive opera fan, I thought it was going to be opera, but it is Andrew Lloyd Webber. It's not, it's not opera, it's about... The story is about opera singers, so that's why it's called that. And I'm not kidding, one of the songs in it, I want to be my first dance of my wedding. I don't care what my husband says, that is my first dance of my wedding. <laughs> um, I went to see that for my grandma's birthday a few years ago, and we got really good seats, and by the end, we were all, like, emotional wrecks, like, mm. makeup absolutely off, like, it's... That is incredible. And, and like, what reminded me is, like you said, with the flying car in Phantom, I'm not spoiling it, but there's a big thing where they set the audience to look like the opera house and there's something that happens that makes you feel completely immersed with a prop that I'm not gonna... Okay, it's a chandelier. Um, <laughs> like, drops and it's mm. like, you feel like you are then in the show and it's like, that's it's cool. incredible, it's so good. That reminds me of mm. Witness for a Prosecution. I think that's a play, but when, you, when you go and see it, you are, the theatre is a courtroom. Right. So you're sitting as if you were either the jury. I think mm. you have to pay more for seats for the jury. Right, okay. Because um, I guess you get involved then. Yes, maybe, yeah. exactly, yeah. yeah. So, But no, apparently that's really good. But that oh. just reminded me kind of... It's the idea, I think, that theatres want to employ you to get as mm. immersed as possible. So even the theatre in the round, which is yeah. the old... Isn't theatre called the Old Vic in London? Yes, I think so. Yeah. Uh, I went to years ago, and it's in the yeah, it's in the round, and like a bit like maybe the Globe, mm-hmm, yeah, where yeah. you're just a lot more immersed in it. And mm. I think that's that can only be a positive experience because you almost forget that you're watching something. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You feel like you're involved. I don't know if you um, managed to see, but because like, we in 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 the union here, we have a in the round theatre downstairs. Okay. Um, and they do a show there. And last semester, they did Spring Awakening. I don't know if you know that musical. I knew nothing about it. Um, it's it's very dark. That's possibly the darkest musical I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> um, and I was in the band for it. And because it's in the round, we were on the corner of like the seats. So we were kind. Of, I I because I play the drums. My drum kit was on the stage. So I was completely. Even though my back was in the corner, so I can actually watch them. I knew that the the actors were like here at some point. You can't see me. I'm on the <laughs> but like you know, at arm's length from me, and it's a really, really emotionally heavy musical. It's not something that you come away feeling uplifted. It makes you think a lot. Um, but I. I did 9 to 5 as well last semester, which is a proper feel-good musical, and that was really lovely and everything, but we were quite hidden away as the band, um, but it was very uplifting. And then doing Spring and being completely immersed in this quite dark show, there was one song that I didn't play in at all um, because it didn't have drums in it, and I every night I had a tear down my face. They That's were amazing powerful. as well, the actors, but like I, every, every single night, dress rehearsal, tech rehearsal, and all three shows, I literally, the same song, and I was like... Whoa, like, and you just it's just probably because you felt like you were in the show as well. You had that emotion like sat on top of you. I felt like if it was a normal, you know, like normal staging, I can't remember what that's called, I should know that. Um, <laughs> you, no, you, I don't know that. Feel, yeah. yeah, just normal staging, I yeah, yeah, I think so. There is one. Um, I think it's got the arch, it's like a proscenium. I don't know, I haven't mm. done that sort of thing in a long time, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, it was amazing because you were, you were in it and like every emotion that the characters were feeling on stage, they were, like, a metre from you. So, like, you could feel everything that they were portraying, and it was crazy. Is this something that you're particularly wanting to do career-wise as well, being part of the a, 
a musical band? Uh, yes and no. I've never, I've never, I've never done it before. Um, last semester was the first time I ever did it, um, and I did, and I loved it. It was hard because bands always kind of thrown in at the last minute as well because they're like, we'll sort the singers out and the actors, and then we'll pour you guys in for the last few rehearsals. So. There were some really, really hard tracks and I never felt completely thrown in the deep end. And it was then, just you on drums, there was... Yeah, like, it was like a full pit band for 9 to 5 and then um, so like horns and everything and then ju- but just me on drums in that respect. And, but then there's a whole rhythm section and okay. then for spring there was basically just rhythm section and a string quartet. So it, was quite, it was quite small, it was just bass, drums, guitar and violin, cello and viola. <laughs> And double bass because he swapped between two. Um, so completely different types of bands. Um, one spring was a lot easier musically, uh, but yeah, there was. I miss doing musicals on the stage because I used to do them all the time, like the acting and stuff when I was at school, and I miss that because you don't get the same. I didn't find the same euphoria, but that actually being involved in the actual music, which is what I prefer. I love the acting as well, but like the music's my favourite part. Actually being involved in that was something that I'd never even thought about. So yeah, I guess so. If it came up, I would never turn it down. Yeah. I'm doing another one this term. Um, it's a great experience. Yeah, it's, yeah, exactly. That's all it is. But it's it's tiring and it's stressful and you feel a lot of pressure because you want to make sure that you're helping the singers and the singers are helping you. You've got that constant relationship and, and everything. But it's so fun. I definitely would recommend that to anyone, any musician. Yeah. Um, but it is hard. It, I've Thrown in the deep end is definitely <laughs> that sounds it. Yeah, it's yeah. very. It's not an afterthought, but obviously the main thing that they focus on is the acting, and then I, yeah. I guess that because everyone's a musician, they kind of expect people yeah. to be able to do it last minute, and it's not yeah, quite yeah. as easy as that. But yeah, and especially like um, I was well, we given the music and I've been practicing and everything, but like um, there's something that you forget, especially as a drummer, that you are kind of keeping the whole band together and. Of course, yeah. And I, I never even thought about that. Like, it sounds stupid, maybe I should have done, but, like, I was keeping the tempo. And if they were dancing on stage, I was keeping the tempo. And if I was nervous, I could feel myself speeding up. And then we had, like, um, in-ear headsets and everything, and there were some songs where I couldn't hear anyone else. And it, it cut out, we had some tech errors. And I'm trying to lead this whole group, and there's an audience out there, and I, I couldn't hear. Like, it's like, I'm literally just sat alone with a drum kit. How on earth do I know what like is going on? It's it's. Quite... And did it all go smoothly though? In, in yeah, the... yeah. The first couple of nights, I, I think I think as musicians we are hypercritical of ourselves. Um, we definitely apparently the audience thought we weren't there. They thought it was a soundtrack because they couldn't see us. Which, oh right, okay. Which is a compliment because they obviously thought we were doing the music well enough. But also we were like, oh yeah, did you get any credit? Yeah. <laughs> where, where were you then? So there, you can be in the flies. So like you know when you have the wings where you can't see the actors on stage. Obviously, it's still quite a high ceiling. Um, there is another like mezzanine level in the wings um, where like the back is so tightly back. Like it's not much bigger than this room. Wow. It is. It is a bit. <laughs> but um, you've got obviously every single. You've got all these cables. You've got the conductor. You've got all the keyboards and everything all squashed into this small space. But because of that, because we're tucked away from the audience, they can't see us at all. Okay. Um, Do you come out at the end? No, it's too, oh, it's okay. too hard. So you've got to like run out and everything. So they they pointed at us, but yeah. the audience can't see. Like, They're like, what are you pointing to the at? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Just the CD players. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, but it was good fun. It was good fun. Sounds then, great. Yeah, in spring we were literally on the stage, so oh, okay. you had to almost be acting the whole time because mm-hmm. you you didn't want to catch eye with anyone. You've got to be like, okay, I'm ready for my next song, and I don't know. It's positive, positives to both, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Definitely yeah. pros and cons. Pros and cons. So. 
we slightly sidetracked, but yeah, it's good. Yeah, I was going to say, you got some musicals, didn't we? <laughs> um, I, yeah, I wanted to yeah, talk to you a bit more about yeah, music and emotion course. within musicals. But so, obviously, going back, you had your uh, mood, mood boost mm-hmm. the show. And then, as you said, you got in touch with your... Uh, your friend mm-hmm. and how did uh, what was the next kind of steps in order for you to make the podcast um i think it became real i guess when we kind of mentioned to our friend to, uh, to our friends and stuff they were like oh you're actually doing a podcast and we were like yeah we've looked into it and i guess now we've told people we're doing it we should we should do it um and people were like oh we're looking forward to hearing what you do um i bought a microphone like a usb microphone um for radio because uh, at this point, it was lockdown, so I was at home and we were recording all radio um, as a podcast, pretty much, and then sending it off to be streamed live. Um, so I was, I had to teach myself the whole of audacity and everything in that in that respect. And so I kind of thought, well, I could do that with I've got I've got my microphone now. I can do exactly how how I would with radio um, with with a podcast and just you know but put it but work out a way of putting it on Spotify rather than on some live radio. Um, so we worked that out and. We opened up like a Google Doc where we could both add ideas whenever we came to them. And I guess we did an initial episode where it was just kind of getting to know us. But we, we would just plan things we wanted to talk about, really. And then eventually, after a bit, we kind of... When did we when did we probably record it? I guess like May, June mainly, and then in the summer. And we'd just go and... It would normally take us about two hours to record a one-hour episode because we'd be chatting and then there'd be bits that we just cut out and everything <laughs> but um yeah we just spend like an afternoon and we just talk and, and we also record it visually as well so that we could make um videos for an, an instagram account to advertise as well like um, i think i've seen that a few mm. you've had a like guest on before as well yeah and, and then you, so we get them yeah. to do the same sort of thing um okay. but yeah like i said sorry we we never recorded together we did it all through clean feed and we, we still haven't recorded together um now like even post-covid um it's just easier because we're both away and clean feeds yeah it's like it's like a phone call but it's recorded or a zoom call um but all the audio is taken in um, professionally obviously you plug your microphone in and you've got your headphones in so there's no feedback and then it, it just records it like professionally save that as like one file puts all the files into one and then you just put it straight into audacity and you can cut through so nice up, nice and easy yeah. process yeah. isn't it yeah it's so so self-explanatory did, did you do that have you always recorded it in this in the studio i've no i've <laughs> It's a great question because I've always had different things. I think I started right. off, um, I remember the first episode, I started off with a friend, uh, my best friend, one of my best friends from home. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was £12 microphone off Amazon right, and we okay. were both sitting on his sofa, kind of crouched around a small microphone. Right. Very uncomfortable as well, we were yeah. sitting so uncomfortably, but then you see a progression and then I think it was really nice when I got like a more expensive microphone. It was only mm. about 30 pounds, yeah. but it's all you the difference. The difference. Oh yeah. My God. yeah, literally. It's incredible. And then obviously having access to, I mean, the university facilities are fantastic, but having yeah. access to the studio yeah. is just such a, um, well, there's so many positives. It's just the, the recording mm-hmm. equipment, but also when you're having, um, speaking to someone else, it's just a lot easier oh, to chat in a room. 100%. Like no, definitely. Uh, yeah. I think, it is hard because we can't see each other. We can only hear each other on like a phone oh, call. Oh, I see. Okay. So even though we're recording it and like physically, we can only see ourselves because we're not on FaceTime or anything. Um, but I, I, we can, we know each other well enough to kind of know um, how we're saying it. If that makes sense, it's not all interpreting through sound. But it would be lovely also to get it into a studio where you can feel like you're having a conversation and not a phone call. Mm. I think that could be something really cool that we could try at some point. But 
like I said, with distance, it's not always the easiest thing to do, but I think having a studio would be sick. Yeah, there are certain issues, particularly when you're talking to each other. You just, yeah. either, either there's a lag, or as mm. you say, there's no eye contact, so yeah. there's no... You find you probably find yourself interrupting mm. someone by accident, things like yeah. that. Yeah, we find that. Yeah, I find that a lot. And we're both very like excitable and very <laughs> like when we say something, it just comes out really fast. And all of a sudden, you spoke at the same time because you can't see that someone's opened their mouth to start talking. Like, I guess yeah, there's always that sort of issue. But mm. um, sort of that is Tigno as well, isn't it? The, yeah. the, after a bit, the listeners won't know all that. Gushes. <laughs> um, but yeah. No, so no, you've no. done uh, is it nine, ten? Nine. Yeah, nine, it seems like a random number, but it just kind of felt like. Once we got to number nine, I was like, okay, I think we need a break for a bit just to mm. kind of come up with some more ideas and everything. So yeah. So what kind of thing and what kind of things for someone who hasn't, um, yeah, listened or, mm-hmm. or someone who you know is interested? What kind of things do you particularly cover in this episode? So the idea is kind of just to invoke like, like positive conversation about mental health and well-being and stuff, and kind of we're both. So Mahin studies psychology. I study music, music psychology, I guess. Um, so we're both, we both have a passion for psychology and kind of just encouraging talking about mental health as you would your physical health and just talking about emotions in an open way. It doesn't have to, you don't have to be like, um, have some diagnosis of a mental illness or you, you can, of course, to still talk about it, but it's okay to have a diagnosis and also not have a diagnosis to be able to talk about your feelings openly. It's a really healthy way of just kind of showing that everyone's human and that we can just, you know, put our thoughts across and we're just trying to encourage that conversation and just, but also whilst putting like, you know, education across and educating people about, um, about different types of well-being struggles or strategies or whatever we also want to make it sound like you're just having a conversation with your friends we don't want it to sound like you're in a lecture like oh it's so boring <laughs> they're just reading off a powerpoint slide mm. we wanted to make it out like sharing personal anecdotes or whatever um and jokes and funny stories that kind of make it more relatable and more light-hearted so that the idea of talking about your feelings doesn't feel intimidating it's just just a normal doesn't feel like a counselling session yeah which exactly. can be a bit intimidating yeah exactly we're just kind of normalizing that idea of like therapy and inverted commas not being this big thing like you've got a problem you need to be like fixed you need to have therapy or whatever it's just like having a conversation with a friend and letting like your thoughts out and whatever um so yeah it's a really good idea and, and i reckon that people well, people respond very well to that generally because mm. even when I've did, I might have done about eight, seven or eight addiction episodes, okay, and yeah, yeah. they oh, yeah, are, they, I enjoy them mm-hmm. um, because ultimately, if anyone is suffering either from a gambling addiction or an addiction in general, yeah. it's might be somewhat helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reason why I particularly like them, it just seems to like people enjoy hearing about, in a weird way, hearing about other people's struggles yeah. in, in a in a sense of that as you said, it normalises it mm-hmm. and it doesn't quite seem as intimidating or scary and pretty it much everyone the goes stigma, through. I guess, yeah. as well, doesn't it? 100%. Yeah. yeah. No, I definitely agree. I think it's a matter of talking about things as they're normal so they don't feel like this big, bad, scary thing and it, and it kind of within especially with the topic of like mental health or addiction or whatever, it just kind of makes people kind of seek help if they need it in a way that doesn't seem like they're seeking help because there's something wrong with them. It's just like, oh, actually, I heard these girls talking about it or, or like, I heard this guy talking about addiction. Maybe I should do that. And then it, it just, I don't know, it just relaxes things, if that makes sense. Mm. Like, And that was kind of our aim with it. And Have um, you had a kind of positive feedback or you felt good since doing the episode yeah yeah. definitely i think we had quite a few uh, messages especially i think our most popular one is our anxiety episode because i think um that was one we had like the most experience with um 
both of us. Um, and is that anything? Is that because uh, there's a lot of anxiety? Obviously, uh, I think everyone's experienced this off the back of COVID when you go in from. Yeah waking up and just standing in your house all day and yeah. now you have to interact is that yeah i think i think yeah there was an element of that there was we we covered a lot of things and i think actually that'd be a really interesting we probably do a whole episode over like kind of a post lockdown how are we feeling sort of conversation because i think i think another reason why we started the podcast when we did was because a we needed a project to fill our time because it was lockdown but also um things were starting to open up a bit more but it was encouraging this conversation about mental health in in the public eye that was not there before um i saw so many more documentaries coming out um on bbc iplayer about mental health um just because people were, were realizing that being alone with their thoughts and being isolated was like was scary for once and people didn't know some people go on about their daily busy lives without thinking twice about checking in on themselves for once we had nothing to do um and i think it was a really good time to kind of put a podcast out there where people are possibly feeling a bit low and a bit anxious because they're feeling these things that they've never thought before and we were trying to like oh yeah these are normal we we felt them before the pandemic like it's mm. it's fine like um so yeah there's a mixture of things i think um i probably like i've i've i we spoke about it like i've been to the doctor about anxiety and stuff like that probably have some sort of diagnosis and i'm, I'm looking to get checked into it but mm. at the end of the day I, I i've tried to stress on it like I deal with it in an everyday, like some days I'm really worried, some days I'm fine, but I don't think of myself as being like, oh, I need to, I'm broken, I need to be fixed. I just think of it as just part of who I am and like... Embracing it. Yeah, and like that's why I wanted to encourage it and I feel like it's hard to talk about mental illness sometimes as non-professionals because... um, so if we talked about something like schizophrenia that's quite like heavy straight away which we do want to talk about that sort of thing but because we don't have personal experience with then it's it's a lot rarer we wouldn't want to like overstep the mark or say anything wrong or you know um being but there was something about using anxiety as the first one in is like doesn't matter what extent everyone's had some sort of experience about being anxious whether that be some related to an incident or like nervous for exam or whether that's just like crippling anxiety that is taking over their whole life we wanted to show that these are feelings that we are born to feel like everyone's going to feel anxious but like how to look after it no matter whether it's really low level or whether it's really high level so we just we just opened up about it really and just made people feel comfortable um yeah because i was gonna so obviously everyone seems to have different anxieties yeah i i remember a few of my older (laughs) may sound a bit trivial, but I remember one I had, particular one I had was with uh, escalators that had broken down. Yeah, and I, I that. I couldn't, I couldn't get, not that you come across an, a broken down escalator that much. In mm. London, you may come across it a bit more. Yeah. Uh, but I, I just, I just couldn't do it. I couldn't, mm-hmm. like, I couldn't manoeuvre myself around it. Um, so, conversely, when you do have a, an anxiety and when, yeah. when you actually speak about it more, it becomes less of an issue. Yeah. So that's you kind of yeah hitting two things with one hitting two but yeah killing t- two birds with one stone yeah what saying yeah by yeah, because yeah. the fact that you're talking about it then is it easier for you it's easier for anyone else who listens yeah. because people have um, trivial anxieties or mm-hmm. you know similar or very crippling they mm-hmm. can't leave the house at certain days so there's it just it comes in all forms doesn't it, so. it exactly and and at the at the base of it no matter whether it's yeah whether it's a small like. Uh, um a small thing or a big thing 
at the end of the day, the strategies that people use to kind of overcome that anxiety are the same. So you can apply them to a variety of things. And we were talking about how, like, there's kind of a difference between physically anxious, you know, when you feel a bit sick and your heart starts racing and you feel a bit shaky. Or there's also kind of that internal anxiety where it's like your thoughts are racing and your brain's going mad. And how to tackle both sides of those things. Because you might just be having a, a really worrying day where you're overthinking everything. But you also might be having a really anxious day physically where it's affecting your body as well and no matter what it is that you're worried about the, the same strategies apply like I don't know it could be anything it depends what works for you but like I don't know meditation or going for a walk or they sat or journaling or whatever feels right for you right then and there it will work hopefully no matter what the obviously you need more if if you're really struggling mm. we just stress that we didn't want to invalidate people that were really struggling by kind of speaking to people that weren't but we also don't didn't want to kind of talk only to people that were really struggling and because people might switch off if they're like oh that's not me so we really wanted to cover like a general population of these are feelings that everyone's going to feel but like how you apply these strategies are the same but also going to be in different extents does that make sense definitely yeah is there any been any particular strategies that have really worked well for you um, I guess it really depends. Like I said, like, um, it really depends on, like, I, I like to write things down when I'm, if I'm, if I'm more in an overthinking way and just kind of get every pen to paper. Pen to paper, it's so important. Yeah, you forget how, how, uh, how essential it is because we don't do it that often. Yeah. But when you just write down a few of the thoughts, it's so different. Because like, I, I, I would... I feel like initially people say like, oh, speak out and talk to people. And of course, I, I would if I need to, I'd go speak to one of my mates or, or my friend. But that's not unfortunately available for everyone and people don't feel comfortable. And they also don't feel able to articulate it out loud. It can be hard and you might change it slightly because people might like, you might be scared that people are going to judge you. But if you write it down, no one's going to see that. And I like to type it because then I can control X and it goes some people like to write it down and then like physically screw it up in a ball and throw it in the bin just to kind of have that cathartic no one's going to see that but I've let it out so yeah whether you let it out out loud or on paper it's whatever works for you but it's just you've got to get rid of that negative energy sometimes um but there's also an acronym that I find really helps when you're like kind of more physically anxious or in a low mood uh, which is called HALT I don't know if you've ever heard of it I've not, no. so it's like hungry angry lonely or tired so you kind of stop and you just have to go right am I feeling any of those four things those four things I could probably address and are they going to therefore help my mood so hungry obviously try and have something to eat angry is there a way you can calm down that emotional surge lonely Am I sat by myself, kind of like wallowing or overthinking? Can I go surround myself with people? And tired, do I need to rest? Do I go to bed now? Like, you know, how do I tackle that? And if then once you've tackled it, you might find that actually, oh, I feel a bit better. Or you might find, actually, I don't feel a bit better. Maybe there's something else I need to tackle. But if you tick those boxes off, then you sometimes find that you see the root of it a bit easier and it just makes every, the fog a bit clearer really like um, that acronym yeah. that's good so it, it, I, my auntie taught me that and I find it so helpful like mm. it just sometimes it's easy to forget to check in with yourself and that but it's really good to just kind of be a bit mindful and look in, into yourself definitely um, and yeah. how does is there any way that music can how does music intertwine with this so obviously we spoke about how it can change your mood but is there any other ways you can use it for to tackle anxieties yeah I think I think initially what I was saying earlier with that, I guess like mood-based pod, not podcast playlists, sorry. Um, I guess it's kind of a good way to initially change the mood. Um, 
but also like engaging in music. Obviously that's not always available to everyone and some people don't like physically, I don't know, going to an orchestra or a choir, but um, kind of having that leisurely attachment to it can kind of really help change your mood. I did a project last semester for um, my um, one of my modules, which was all about music as leisure, and we had to investigate how it affects um, people's well-being and kind of, obviously there are ethical concerns, you can't just ask people, <laughs> like, <laughs> why are you doing this? Um, mm -hmm because it might be, I don't know, a bit, like, traumatic for them. If, But just kind of just see, asking them about the emotions that it brings and, like, we kind of really wanted to know... We specified people that didn't do music as a degree because we wanted to make sure that these were people that were doing them completely separate to work because there might be a slightly different um, mental link to it. And these people were saying about um, how it always makes them feel like cause they, it's like a social activity makes them feel better, the sound of the music um, itself, um, the distraction from everything else in their life. Like uh, There were so many different factors and it was so interesting. Um, and just pure enjoyment, like doing something that you love always makes you feel better. So if you're enjoying it, then why not, if that makes mm. sense? So, um, yeah, I think, but music therapy is used, like, that's kind of what I want to go into, all over the world for, like, especially, like, mental health and stuff, um, just as a way of, like, decreasing um, symptoms and stuff. And it's found that it calms anxiety the easiest. Even with people with more complex, like, um, diagnoses, they find that... Because I'm doing... I don't want to talk too much about work and bore everyone, but I'm doing a presentation next week on music therapy for schizophrenia, and they, like, all the findings are showing that whilst it's hard for them to actually kind of control the... Um, the actual direct symptoms of schizophrenia, like the hallucinations and delusions, that tends to be more of a medical, like, medicine sort of thing. Um, the other symptoms, like, related to it, which can include anxiety and, like, um, depressive symptoms, which often come into it, are, are very much improved by the use of music therapy, which is... And those symptoms that they've found over the years have been the hardest ones to control with schizophrenic patients, and it's been a mystery, apparently, of, like, how to... We can okay. We can calm down the hallucinations and stuff, but how do we help the rest of the symptoms? Um, music therapy and art therapy is apparently like one of the up and coming like um, ways of working with patients with psychotic disorders because it's helping the other side of symptoms, especially anxiety. Um, so yeah. Wow. So the, the how do they? Do you know how they measure this? Do they have um, obviously people come in with uh, problems with schizophrenia and then mm -hmm. have them in kind of a yeah? Uh, what's it called? Like a method-based study where yeah. they, yeah, they show, play different music and and see how they respond to it. Yeah, yeah basically, it it really depends. Sometimes they're individual sessions, sometimes they're group sessions. I guess there's loads of different types of like. There's like so you could do songwriting, so people can get out, let out like what they're thinking. They can do, um, just kind of social activities that involve like playing instruments or listening to songs or singing or, um, whatever. Because a lot of people, especially with schizophrenia, have uh, quite a lot of struggle. Um, communicating and associating with their peers and stuff like that because they're experiencing a different reality it can be quite hard to you know um connect in the in the present moment so kind of bringing people together with music and getting them to play songs they kind of become a bit more in tune with everyone around them um and um yeah so th there's loads of different methods that they found that worked and it really depends on what the music therapist is trying to get out of them at that moment in time and what their mission is i guess but that's brilliant loads. and it always uh feels like because i'm sure you know this but i've done i did a bit of research last year to do with music and insomnia yeah because yeah, yeah. again it's all, all kind of insomnia dementia or any mm. 
cognitive mm-hmm. problems. Uh, I'm not sure if that's the right set of phrase for it. No, I know what you mean. But a- any any issues like that, it, it does seem like music can have an influence. Mm-hmm. And so when uh, patients were struggling to get to sleep, um, music that was played to them before or even during sleep improved their sleep mm-hmm. quality, but also improved the time it took them to get to sleep. Yeah. And you think about it, and I've used music all the time to get to, oh, yeah, get to sleep. Oh, yeah, same. Good last night, actually. It's so, obviously, I'm not talking about, like, Rolling Stones or, like, heavy rock, but it's more classical or yeah. you know, piano piano stuff. But I think it just... The exciting thing with research, and as you were just saying with, with schizophrenia and, and music, is that there's not necessarily going to be an end to... It's not like, no. oh, here's the formula it's yeah. just they, they're gonna, there's so much you could do with the way you implement well firstly what music you play yeah. and then how you implement it in, in what way what time of day do you do, do you yeah. know there's so many different factors that yeah. depend and you can think well that's that's in that's had good results you know mm-hmm. there's been a um a decrease in anxiety issues for that patient but mm-hmm. what other ways can we even improve that by, yeah. yeah. So I, I, that's the exciting thing with music research in particular is just that there's no necessarily end goal as well. I think also, yeah, I think also what's really important as well is, is, is also acknowledging sometimes, especially with really complex disorders like schizophrenia and, and dementia and stuff, is that it's not necessarily about curing. It's not a therapy that's there to, like, fix um, and, like, you know, God, this is a problem, here's a solution. Normally, a lot, unfortunately, a lot of the time, these are more chronic conditions or... Um, but it's about improving kind of quality of life. And if you can kind of reduce symptoms to even like a slight level, it's kind of worth doing as well. Do, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's it's worth doing just if... But there, I think it's all in its infancy, like research into that sort of thing, especially at medical and um, sort of areas. But I think within the next... God, it's come so far in the last like 10, 20 years. Like in the next 20, you're going to see like so much more difference i think there's always gonna be pros and cons that's kind mm. of part of writing an essay about any of that sort of thing but <laughs> you know yeah it's so it's so interesting i'm Definitely. such a nerd about it <laughs> a nerd. and how, finally how do you think um music because there's been so much study and i'm sure you did something similar in your uh, psychology music module mm. um but in the impact it has on children and mm. particularly i think of examples that i saw where children with autism would really struggle with the um changes in re- routine so yeah. when they go to school they say goodbye to the parent or carer mm-hmm. and the, even the transition from pr- play to uh, to learning yeah but the implementation of songs that were designed specifically for them mm-hmm. just massively helped. Oh, yeah, definitely. And there's so much evidence to to show the importance of music and songs to help kids to learn, to, yeah, to be yeah. in different environments. Yeah, exactly. There's so many factors that it can help, like, improve with. And I think people don't realise, I think, how powerful it is. I think, I think people realise on a low level like we were saying earlier with just something as simple as like playlists like in a way that is your own personal music therapy by putting on something that makes you feel happy and you know you might be in a bad mood and it that's your own personal therapy but I think everyone does that whether you're musical or not you kind of do it without thinking but then also people don't realize how it can also be used on a complete different like other end of the spectrum to help people like who might be struggling with what can, could be considered basic tasks in their everyday life and music is just something that is just kind of facilitated it so much it's it's mad how yeah the two extremes are crazy definitely yeah well we could yeah we could keep going on about music pr- yeah. probably all day but <laughs> yeah i know it always comes back to music doesn't it yeah always um is there any so is there anything else you wanted to uh cover before i don't know really um 
I'm trying to think of what I can say about what's to come. We've not only just talked about anxiety, um, we talked a bit, we've, we've had guests on and we're looking to find more guests for the upcoming series that kind of give their own stories. So it's not just us, like you were saying earlier, but it's, it is really interesting to hear people's stories and people's experiences. Um, so we've had a couple of people, we've had a guy talk about um, men's mental health and kind of the stigma around that um, and that toxic like masculinity, men can't talk about their feelings sort of, because we didn't feel really qualified to say that as two girls. Um, and then we had a girl talk about her experiences with OCD. We've got a friend of ours coming on hopefully soon to talk about. She's a yoga teacher. Um, also she's like she's our age, a student, but also um, yoga teaches um, teaches yoga in her free time. <laughs> um, and talking about that, she does psychology as well, so she's really interested in mental health and how that can help. Uh, but then also we've had some like silly episodes that are just what we want to talk about. We did one on forensics and kind of the argument of like. Um, rehabilitation versus punishment in prisons and like using therapy in prisons and nice. then also um kind of the to what extent can you plead insanity in a court um and how that can be used that was really that's interesting. really interesting it's a bit different yeah. it's, it's nice yeah exactly it's not necessarily someone's going to listen to that to make them feel like better but it's actually just something that we found interesting we we know that our friends like true crime documentaries so you know so yeah we just try to have a bit of a mix um we've got one i don't want to spoil too much but i guess i'm a bit of a spoiler we are going to record our first episode of the new season tomorrow which is about um specifically student well-being like um as university students are talking about physical and mental health of students how you can like structure your time how you can look after your sleep your eating and stuff like that and how that can affect your mental health um just because we realize it's like it can be a stressful time we're both third year uni students and we've learned a lot um and also talking about the kind of transition to uni at the beginning and how that can have a big impact on your mental health and then also whilst you're there saying no to opportunities and prioritizing yourself at time like we we haven't done the episode yet but they're all the <laughs> ideas um and yeah we're just gonna see where it takes us really and just see if anyone ever wants to come on to our podcast and yeah nice. if you ever want to come on to our podcast you'd always be welcome definitely um, always be up for always that always looking yeah so we're excited to see what's come definitely so, no it sounds really good um and how do people find good question <laughs> we are on spotify so um we use anchor um as a way of distributing our podcast through spotify um so it's just psyched um so great name yeah, really good cover actually. art as well thank you mm. yeah my co-host he and she, she did the cover art thank you um and then we have an instagram as well psyched underscore podcast where we kind of we try to do obviously post about the episodes but we try to do like a daily dose um every so often we'll do like a week or a month of us alternating who posts just thinking about their day trying to find the positives because and just encouraging kind of like being grateful for the positives in your life nice even if there's negatives as well so um just try and make it a good platform for people um as well yeah don't think we have any other we're trying to get a website but we'll see mm. we'll see yeah <laughs> but yeah uh yeah um very we're in positive. our early days, so yeah. Um, but we're excited. But the future looks good. Future Thanks, looks yeah, positive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, thank you very much for. No, it's been fun for coming on to talk about it, and we had some good, interesting chats about music. Yeah, psychology yeah. As well. Sorry yeah. about my old tangent, but I hope it no, was, it's good. <laughs> it was helpful. It's, that's what I feel like. That's what podcasts are for. They're for yeah. about going on a complete tangent, yeah. and it, that's so if true. you stick to a structure, it's. Uh, yeah, it just it becomes too. Away. Yeah, it becomes too much. Like I guess a lecture sometimes. Yeah, like I'll I'll interrupt you, going, no, you can't talk about. Yeah, that. exactly. So stop. It'd be awkward to listen to that. Yeah. that. yeah, no, exactly. Psyched is full of tangents. We talk about <laughs> the most random stuff sometimes. So yeah, nice. 
cool. Well, well, yeah. Thank you for having me on. It's been great, honestly. No worries. We'll have you uh, hopefully another time as well. Yeah, I'd love to. Bro. Lovely. See you yeah. later. Thank you. <laughs> oh, sick.